0: Hello, this is Sibyllis Smith. Welcome to my podcast, Got Punctum. Here, we highlight ideas, inspiration, and challenges of contemporary photography. We unpack the process of creating a photo book. We speak in the universal language of photography, contributing to the global conversation on visual culture. I am an independent curator, consultant, and educator. My trademark program, Concept Aware, provides a framework to advance your ideas in image and text. I work with photographers to illuminate, elevate, and amplify their work. In collaboration, I focus on establishing context for your concepts. My interviews on Got Punctum demonstrate how I develop a frame around the creative practice of each guest. We come together to understand how they see and to discuss why it matters. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I am really thrilled. Uh, It is an honor to welcome Odette England, Jennifer Garza. Kuhn, Susan Bright, and to be able to talk about this amazing project and object, uh, Past Paper, Present Marks. And as I described, I tend to um, have my introductions be an attempt for me to understand how the artists were interviewing C. So really, I talk about how I see they see. So I'm going to take a stab at that. What a treat to behold the results of your collaborative process experiments, to accompany your journey of transforming overlooked materials to search for latent potential, your courageous exploration to accumulate itinerant light and engage with moonlight sunlight, and salt water. I admire, and when I say your, I am meaning Susan (laughs) and Odette together. I admire your authentic abandon. One can sense your riotous engagement, coaxing, cajoling, waiting, rushing. From what I can gather, you made a few risk assessments before diving in. You had the tenacity to stir crystallized developer till it yielded the results you are after. Odette, when we spoke about your book, Keeper of the Hearth, you described wanting to create a garden. Well, the two of you have created a hydroponic one. You plant and scatter seeds that, for us viewers, grow. And in this case, I would say they release. And what they release are questions, curiosities, and you allow us profound connection or the ability to make profound connection. We see this impact by the three essays written because each writer finds their way into your work from a different perspective. They are varied, and like a prism, they expose spectrums. It is why I described this book as a kaleidoscope. For me, your work offers a transmutation. And work like yours, for me, is a form of soul food. It is luminous, otherworldly. However, it is grounded, grounded in essential elements as are we. I would venture to say that this work transports us to the edge of the elements, that enigmatic liminal place where we humans actually exist. However, we tend to ignore, deny, or forget that. We are of, end in constant concert with the elements of water, air, light, and salt. Our bodies, our breath, our lives depend on it. We balance on this knife edge of surface and interiority. Your work brings us there. And in my opinion, it holds up a mirror and invites us to look, to go deep. Your images and this book are lyrical. As Susan suggests, it is an orchestration of your own intuitive language. Susan describes a mad synchronicity in the work, noting a temporal whispering of Rauschenberg, while the two of you are led by the magic of the process. David Campany describes the relay between the three artists and the paratexts, these elusive supplements that live at the threshold of interpretation as Gerard Gannett puts forth in his book, Paratexts, Thresholds of Interpretation. You share a kindredness with Rauschenberg of playing in the sandbox of possibility being engaged and intrigued by the structure, texture, and facture of materials. You figuratively and literally dive into the same pool as Rauschenberg, swimming in that ephemeral frontier where uncontrollability, immutability, and indeterminacy live, a place of paradox. I am so excited to lift the lid off of this Pandora's box. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Hello. (laughs) Hi. I am very excited for you to be here. And as I mentioned, we're in an unscripted space. I want to share some of the images with the people that are here with us on Zoom, and a few of the quotes from the essays. Um, But I'd love to dive in and and to learn about the process really um, from the beginning, how this collaboration, uh, which you eloquently talk about, Susan, so we'll unpack that a lot, but telling us about actually how it happened. You can bounce back and forth, Odette Jennifer. How did you make this happen?
1: Um, well, I, I guess starting at the beginning, it starts with the residency itself and um, this incredible opportunity that we had uh, to be there and and knowing that it was going to be, you know, sort of incredibly brief. I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Odette had a window of I think seven days, so so it was sort of we hit the ground running. I think we talk a little bit about that in the text. Um, you know, I think it was less than an hour after she got off the plane, and there's like a thirty minute commute that we were mixing that chemistry. Um, so it was it was sort of head first, and let's see how how it goes. And I don't think there's a whole lot of time for thinking, except for sort of in motion. Um, basically through the end (laughs) until you got dropped off at the airport so yeah um that's the the framework uh for making that happen well the invitation came to both of you so yeah it's a it's part of the um part of the Rauschenberg's sort of policy to allow a a collaborator the actual invitation um residency came through photo lucida through me and then um that extended to my collaborator odette so yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing that they do to allow um you to i mean it's very much in the spirit of of Rauschenberg himself right this idea of um of collaboration in in all forms, bringing a collaborator and or really encouraging collaboration to happen, you know, with the people who are there as well.
0: There's so many layers to collaboration in that there's so many creative choices being made. Susan, you noted how um, both of these women come at things from different spaces, styles, And so how did you negotiate this? There's so many creative choices. Can you unpack that process for us?
1: What do you think, Odette?
2: (laughs) I think the question was to Susan, but I could be wrong.
0: (laughs) No, no, to both of you thinking about this idea that uh, a collaborative process Let's just put it this way: the creative process has so many of these places that you're making a creative choice, and there's decision making. And when you're on your own, uh, you're making them without half the time verbalizing them. Frankly, because of the work I do, I know a lot of people don't even consciously articulate it to themselves, right? So you've got all of that unpacking to do, and then finding to get to the to the language you created. You both had to go through, I'd say, jump over a few hurdles to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. well,
2: we we hadn't, I mean, I hadn't collaborated with another artist before. And Jennifer and I hadn't collaborated together before. Mm -hmm. But we, and we had met in graduate school and always been very, um, respectful of each other's work and admiring each other's processes and the way that each of us comes at photography and thinks about material and thinks about image making as a joyful kind of experimentation and also a working through of questions and when we I mean I, w- I was thinking about this last night I can count on my hands and to- less than the hands and toes that I have how many times Jennifer and I have been in the same room in the past 12 yeah. years yeah. but there's something very special about when you know someone and the way that they think and work and it's so different to your own but so empowering and generous it makes you want to work together. Like when Jennifer said, hey, how about we do this? I was like, yes. Like what, there was no hesitation. It was just yes. And all of the logistical, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What's it going to look like? Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we, we learned more about each other as humans, as women, as mm-hmm. artists, as thinkers, as creators spending 16 hours a day in Rauschenberg's room. I'd be talking to myself self and spilling fixer on my shoes and Jennifer would be singing and it was just this wondrous experience of 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 two women coming together who think enormously differently but have this inherent trust in each other's mm. ways and mannerisms and that all of that is what contributed to the work in terms of collaboration and partnership and community and all these big words that I can't wrap like a great definition around but Mm -hmm. I think for us the way I understand them to be are actually very simple and sort of encased in a sense of love and respect
1: Mm -hmm. and like huge amount of trust I think as well I think I think that what you laid out there is so, so perfect because the history that we have together is what led us like, we had this foundation of just sort of pure trust. And that allowed us, I think, to be reckless. And Mm. um, in ways that neither of us, because we think so oppositely, we were constantly gonna be challenging what that was. And the other one could sort of at each decision go, okay, you know, that like, let's go down a road that I would never have necessarily taken on my own. And I think, that's how it happened all the way through with each, with each choice. And it was a constant back and forth of just incredible trust in someone else's sort of in, a, in someone else's response to the same problem or a different problem, or, you know, sort of, I think um, it was, it's fascinating to think about the amount of decisions that you make in a day. And yeah. so the amount of decisions that we were sort of, you know, volleying back and forth, letting one person make that that, that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and back and forth, and I think that you know one of the things we said to each other during the time, or sort of as as it's as we started knowing where it was going to some degree. I mean, we we knew where it was going after the first say day and a half, two days, but it would still change the whole time. But after that, there was a moment where I think we both had this recognition of like this work could never have happened. Um, without it being the two of us and in this place and mm-hmm. with this sort of this whole situation, there's just no way this work gets made otherwise. And I think um, also that sense of being, you know, getting back to the the sort of magical thinking of, of the spirit of Rauschenberg and his space mm-hmm. And the ways in which we were responding to that and talking about that and thinking about his work and reading, you know, scholarly articles in the in the wee hours of the night before picking up prints in the in the morning, just you know, thinking about that, I think that all kind of got infused.
0: Mm, that's so fun. I mean, that's another one of those layers when I think about all the layers that went into, or intersections, I should say, that made this possible. Um, I'm going to forward to, um, to just give a sense of some work here um, on the visuals. Um, what I wanted to know around the collaborative process was, did you record the actual process in any way? Like, it's so fun when you describe what you just did, Odette. Like, like I want to have, like, a video of, like... Like, it just could be a minute or two, but I think it'd be very cool. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever did that. Like, because
2: no, it, it we, does... yeah. I, we didn't, and I... I Process is such a funny thing. I love process and I love getting into the weeds of how things are done and why they're done and what it looks like when two women are being, you know, like we have so few opportunities as women, I think, to be risky and naughty and heady and we should probably have recorded that. Like it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure like visually that would be super we're well, very interesting. It might not necessarily be very attractive, but
1: I think we barely um, managed a few iPhone photos because we were so in it, you know. Well, yeah. it's
0: interesting. And at the very end, I uh, of this little PDF. I put the image that you the two images that you have at the end of your process book, which is slipped in. And it's what really got me thinking about decisions and um you know, final decisions, like who does take an image or which image is used, um, because it looks like that was, you know, you did take a picture of the pool, right? And what I love is that it doesn't articulate who took that picture, right? It's this collaboration. And even as I ask you the question about, did you record the process? I doubted it because it's so obvious you were so in it, like who's going to even like step back. But what was fun is that, um, when I asked if there was any music, because when I do a book flip, I wanted I it to relate to the person I'm or persons uh, that I'm working with. And you both like jumped in with real memories of that. So that's cool that there's a, a playlist <laughs> for sure that went with the wee hours of the morning. But I'm going to just share, um, we don't normally talk about an image specific since we're more trying to talk about the process and things, but these are just some of the gorgeous images, double spread and single, uh, that you have created. And I wanted to jump in and and ask Susan to talk about this because Susan, you really... um, you know, it's so funny. There are so many ways the fluidity of the experience of this book happens in image and text. And it's like your, your words were fluid as well. It's all, it all feels like I'm on a ride. Um, and I just loved this, you know, I re-quoted you because I thought, Ooh, great point. So tell us how you entered the work.
3: It's, uh, it's, this work is really this essay is really sort of close to my heart it was mm. uh one of three that I wrote in 2021 and then decided to stop writing so this this is one of them the last essays I wrote so uh you know it's and it and I had a really weird relationship with it I'll, I'll kind of uh start from the beginning mm. Adette contacted me and asked me to contribute um and this was in 2020, height of lockdown. And I had managed to leave Paris and I was in Jersey, old Jersey, tiny island, um just near France, uh, with the sole intent of swimming three kilometers bay to bay. That was my mission for the summer. Ah, oh, great. And so it was just, you know, it was one of those wonderful moments. And I just went, <laughs> like Adette was saying yes. I just went, yeah, sure. And then kind of swam and and that really fed into I really fed into the writing without a doubt because it was all about process it was every single day like these two were you know just working I was just working I was getting up and failing and getting up and failing and and I never actually swam the bay the whole summer I, I I never quite made it um and so a lot of my summer was thinking about water being submersed, that that kind of perniciousness of the tide and rip tides. And it would just all seem to be, you know, a perfect storm for, for this moment. Um, so when I sat down to write it then in London, um, and I wanted to talk to Adette and Jennifer they talked so passionately about the process that I knew that I wanted to get that kind of energy into the essay. Uh, and I don't usually write about process. For me, the, the least interesting thing about a photo, the way that I, I understand and deal with photography, is not about process. It's the least interesting thing for me about how it was made. But here it's it flipped because it just seemed so contradictory in so many ways that you've kind of touched on that 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 was the only way that i could get into the into the text i also think i handed in i don't know possibly one of the worst texts i've ever written because it was so i had i didn't feel like i'd finished it mm. i couldn't i couldn't kind of get my brain and gear to finish it so it was it was quite heavily edited um And I remember having a moment with Jennifer and I'm going, I'm really sorry, the the, the situation's terrible. And, you know, I I just kind of threw it at you when it wasn't quite finished. And you were so kind. You were like, oh, punctuation, whatever, you know. Um, So I have a really weird relationship with this essay, much more than many of my other essays. So it's really, and then I just read it and I was like, oh, kind of good which is not how I remember (laughs) remember writing it so um, that's probably way more information no I think
0: that is so wonderful the fact that you were swimming is hilarious the fact that you were in this parallel process and what I love is you were forced to lose control too there was an abandon that you gave into, and everything that you just described. I'm sitting here looking at the Hudson River. It's a river, right? You couldn't do full circle. You couldn't do full stop. You oh were, no, no, no! I was in I wasn't a river. In New Jersey. No, I, no, I, I, I'm in. I'm here in this state. I know you were on the oh, okay. island of Jersey, wh- yeah. which is not even on this continent. What I'm talking about is how you described your process and how you related to the work is parallel to the incontrollability that these women have all, you've all done it, right? You, you dove in. And what I hear you struggling with Susan is, you know, you normally feel when you're handing over a piece of work, it's tight, it's done, it has a full stop, or, you know, you're beginning to end or came back. And this was like, mmm no, right, yeah. and to me the metaphor I look at or how I see it is like a river, which is that indescribable—it's moving but it's their situation mm-hmm. and that's what really is the basis, I think, contextually, of this book.
3: Yeah, and the photographs well, actually aren't. Uh, yeah, finished they're that.
1: Later.
3: Yeah, because um, yeah. they—they're they, fixed, but who knows if they're never be probably. Finished. Finished. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, they're they're probably maybe. <laughs>
0: But I love, I love how that, that's what I'm trying to talk about in terms of this layered and intersectionality, Um, because it's like, it it is like pop, 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 like you just keep making this, there's so much that echoes this call and response. But tell us about how you got to this description of collaboration, like how collaboration came through to you, Susan, because you really lead with it in your essay.
3: It's, um, well, it's something I, I, I think a lot about with photography. Mm. And I, this is, this is, this, this idea is taken from a book by Daniel Palmer um, mm-hmm. called Collaboration in Photography or something similar. And this, and I think it's just a kind of right at the beginning. He, 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 he highlights the kind of social aspect of photography rather than the actual taking. And there's so many people involved in photography, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think kind of leading on from this bit, we talk about the making of a book. It involves editors, uh, the, the 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 publishing company, the PR, uh, the paper, the people, the printer. <laughs> I mean, you can't actually put a, a photograph out in the world, really, without tons of people being involved, especially mm-hmm. in this form. Um, so I just, I just wanted to kind of think about collaboration in its widest form with photography. And I think that's really essential to kind of understanding it as a medium.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you really, um, hit it on the mark with this way that you just, you just poof, put it out there. Right. And you just listed some other people, but even if you think about all the layers, distribution. I mean, it can go on and on and on of how many hands are in there. But what about? Um, I think the um, the term was the the social journey of a photograph. Like maybe we can think about that or talk about that. Does that inform, or how does that inform both of you to as artists? How does that inform your process?
2: Mm, that's such a good phrase social journey of a photograph hmm. I think I mean the creation of the work became another reason and, um, for Jennifer and I to think differently about photography I mean the, the kinds of photographs that each of us make are very different from each other and incredibly different from this particular work I mean it was when I think about making pictures in my practice as a sole practitioner I get out of bed and think about making work (laughs) this was getting out of bed at 4am going I'm going to think about play I'm getting up to play today Mm -hmm. that was so much more fun than thinking about it being work Mm -hmm. but then also going to bed at night going oh we have so much unfinished business with this and that unfinished quality as Susan said that being part of the work itself but also Mm -hmm. being okay with that like and Allowing the material to speak for itself. I mean, material can be a critical carrier of information just by itself. And it was really nice being hands off. Like, I'm a super hands on maker. Mm. And this was a case of being hands on on the one hand, like Jennifer and I were layering five, six, seven sheets of 20 by 24 inch paper inside a bag and then stabbing the bags and slashing the bags and throwing the bags up in the air and then into the pool and then watching them sort of drift by and other artists were in the pool going oh look there's Jennifer Zunodex work you know (laughs) kind of swimming by and just going okay well it's super sunny today and there's holes in it and oh my goodness it's trapped and clogged against the filtration unit oh well you know next like it it sort of there was a point where it didn't matter because we let there was what we intended for the work, which we which changed every day. There was mm. what we thought we would get, which we never got. There was what we did get, which we didn't expect and then loved and sometimes hated. There were things I saw that I just thought, oh, this is a disaster. This is going in the bin. And then Jennifer would run to the bin going, no, 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 that's a print. That that's that's work. That's fantastic. And she'd resurrect it. Yeah, and it ended and up on the cover up, of the book. <laughs> and it ended up on the cover of the book. I mean, this thing happened day in, day out, hour in, hour out, where it was hands on but hands off finished but unfinished mm-hmm. frustrating but joyful mm-hmm. and 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 play and uncontrolled and all of the things that for us in our own work are the exact antithesis of that boy that was nice i mean any time any of us get to be risque against our what we're so used to
1: oh so yeah, definitely. and there was this this strange, amazing sort of um, cohabitation of expectation and, and no expectation. And I think that, you know, in preparation to this or thinking about it, I had all these grand plans of planning and none of them happened because life was happening. And so, you know, we arrive with zero plan and just dig in. And I think there's so many ways in which I echo like what Susan was saying, which is that in my sort of daily work, I am I can be quite obsessive. I, it's all about trying to get it perfect. I have a fear of finishing. There's all sorts of things that I can't call things done. I'm, I'm just, it's a constant issue. And something that was so amazing about this process um, on multiple levels is that it existed so separate from my normal process mm-hmm. and it was never going to be finished and therefore always finished. And it was physically hands-on, but therefore um, we could not obsess intellectually in the ways we might in other in other um, work. Um, there was no research to, I mean, we would research, of course, but there was no r- research to be had in the normal way we might research our work. Mm-hmm. And so there was just so many ways in which it was breaking with all of our sort of comfortable, um, what, what if you call them comfortable, <laughs> but, you know, our traditions and ways of working. And that was mm-hmm. all blown apart in these beautiful ways.
0: Um, yeah, there's a real surrender It's yeah, to, to yeah. all of that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about this because um, I thought of this um, and you just mentioned um, Odette, uh, where do women get this uh, ability to break the rules, et cetera, or be naughty, blah, blah, blah. What I'm thinking about is the idea of it struck me that um You two both being women, and then me thinking on women as being um, somehow birthing is a function of our very uh, bodies, and is you know, we're hosts for regeneration. So, is there something where women are adept? at the uncontrollability of things uh that we kind of have a familiarity with the wild the the nature of things i don't know i wonder if you if you thought about that that um we have kind of a visceral relationship like of 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 that do you think that played into it or what do you think of that
1: i don't note? know i was inspired by rauschenberg's ability to do that so i think there you go yeah um- I'm not sure it's um, reserved for women, but I'm sure that they're, I'm sure mothers would have a completely different response to that. But. Correct, great. Thanks for making
0: the distinction, but true. So I just wondered, cause that did come across my mind because it was just, it, it's, it's yeah. So non-gendered, but a leaning into a comfortability with being uncomfortable.
2: Um, yeah yeah. and
1: like unknowing and chaos and
2: (laughs) yeah yeah I know one I know one thing I thought about when I when Jennifer and I were there in Captiva was just how simplicity can sometimes feel really wrong in art making and particularly Mm -hmm. in photography like I'm thinking about zero using a xerox process to make an image and that you know that the simplicity of what we did together and the unpredictability of what we did together was just so fun. like it, it really changed or changed the dial on the setting of what I understand uh, what I thought I understood a photograph could mean or could be, and that sometimes the meaning of the process is one thing, but the meaning of the object itself and, and what we burden and laden on top of a photograph or what our expectations for a photograph, are or could be or should be or I I was thinking about all of those things in between being exceptionally tired and stinky in the dark room Mm -hmm. um was just about the power of simplicity um Mm -hmm. and and a lack you know the the results are I mean the, the photographs are beautiful they're also really crude and really flawed Mm-hmm. um and so they're very much like the body they're very much like us as humans and artists and makers which I also I really like that none of this was anticipated or you know thought through beforehand this mm-hmm. was just a product of of us being together in this place and working together and also putting it aside like after we left captiva mm-hmm. we didn't look at this for almost a year right Jennifer we it was put in the dark where it was like a little mushroom or a bunch of seeds or something and it just was creating its own little thing while we had to go and do other things and think about other things and when we came back to it and we met up for a week here in Providence in Rhode Island and we pulled out every single print and we would turn them left and right and upside down and we'd walk back and forward to them we were having this very physical it's like they were a trampoline and we were bouncing our bodies back and forth off (laughs) these things and looking at them and thinking this work's actually really something, like it's really good. But I think we also had to step away from ourselves as collaborators, ourselves as artists, ourselves as thinkers, from being invested in this place and immersed in this process Mm -hmm. in order to really understand what it was that we made. So by the time we got to speak to Susan, which was really, I made so many notes on that hour and a half conversation and Susan (laughs) was pelting us with the most fabulous questions. super generous and it was just I think about those questions a lot too because by the time we got to that point we were properly excited about the whole thing again Mm -hmm. and it's one thing Mm -hmm. as artists we also don't talk about is the fact that we do lose a little bit of love and excitement for everything we make at some point Mm
1: -hmm. but
2: by the time we came to that conversation with Susan um, and with David and Nicholas the other essay writers was there were we were straight back into it in a very different way
3: it was a really exciting conversation. I remember just going, yeah, all right, then bye, and just like closing <laughs> it. And then just like, you know, just beginning to write. It was like, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, you know, I was just so like, so like into it. It was like. <laughs> I think that actually was your thing. Hey, bye.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was, like, okay, I'm done now. I've got to write
3: while it's all here before it goes. Yeah. I'm hanging up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to pick up on something that both of you said about th- this idea of the body. And I think the body is really key to this work, although mm-hmm. it's really kind of, it is totally abstract, but you can kind of feel yourselves in there. And I think in the essay, too, I, I wrote about the sensuality of Rauchenberg in that Paul as a young man. Mm-hmm. And I think all that kind of seeps through uh, mm-hmm. the pictures even mm-hmm. as you're just flicking through it they're kind yeah. of you know they're they're sensual and they're sexy some of them and you and you don't know why mm-hmm. um and you can feel that the hand of the artist in there you can feel your kind of hard work and the laboriousness and the and the quantity so I think it's a really crucial um and this kind of becoming and unboundness of the body is really important and that you know, had I had a different kind of head on, that might have been an essay that I could have pursued that route. And I think it's really kind of at, kind of really at the heart of the work.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, to to sort of add on to that, you have, you know, sort of Rauschenberg's body, our body is going in there. But also we had these fellow residents that were just putting up with the the fact that we had (laughs) paper floating in the hot tub in the pool all the time and they would just go in for their morning swims and you know Alvaro Barrington this ma- amazing painter he's going by you know just <laughs> swimming along and and um you know jazz musician she's you know, and so I often say to her you never know which ripple of yours made it into the work you know um, and there is this kind of uh a, that's another level of of I think collaboration was that there were you know people generous generous enough to just live with the fact that there were these floating bags of paper all the time in the pool and not to you know. <laughs> and just, just picking it aside, you know, whatever. It's artists doing their thing, which I think is such a hallowed sort of space. And mm. you know, I think that these pieces could potentially live outside of the context of the process, but I don't think they would have nearly the residence, the resonance that I live with them, which is this sort of the framing of that process becomes so important and i guess for me that is normally completely absent for, certainly from my docu documentary work i never ever speak about what's behind the image itself or process or things and so it's so opposite in that way because it is so integral to this work it's, mm-hmm. is sort of the the context and the and the multiple sort of voices and the ways in which those things came together
0: -hmm That's
1: so exciting because that's so uh, what you're talking about is the, um,
0: how each of you were so pushed um, to think so differently. Okay, now I'm having a really weird association, but you know the Martha Graham um, piece where she is just in a piece of fabric and you're watching that morph that's what this feels like is that there's all this, that that's what we're getting to watch. And you both were each individually in that space. And I also like that you left the space and came back with new eyes and with a new vision. And and it's like in hindsight, what you were able to kind of pull together. And it makes me think of Susan, you brought up something else because you were grappling with it in terms of this framing, like the difference between a photograph being a standalone object versus the pages being part of a of a of a compilation
3: yeah right? we spoke, yeah we spoke quite a lot about the difference between the actual objects which you know obviously are very visceral um very unfinished as you're saying the paper was curled it was really um the the pro the the paper itself and the chemicals are really really important and then when you transport that into a book what happens from those pages paper to pages paper
0: to pages yeah.
3: it, it there's a transformation that that takes place and I was like yeah but doesn't it just take all the magic away doesn't it doesn't it flatten everything and like all of this pre- this project there's yes it does and no it doesn't um because what this if you go back to that social journey what where the where the magic and the wildness comes back from this beautiful very still book in a way is with the mind of the reader or and the mind of the viewer Mm -hmm. um which opens it up again so we spoke quite quite a lot I remember speaking quite a lot about that process and the fact that uh about music about music so actually your reference was not was not a million miles away from where what we've been talking about that um you know when you look at music if you don't read music it doesn't mean anything but if you do read music then you can that that you can you have that music in your head mm-hmm. or it's just a load of black and white mm-hmm. and if you look at this work like music notes then that then it comes alive in your head. You might not understand, but that that journey is made into into something more with, with the viewer yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you might not
0: understand. It's bringing me uh, to the quote that I took from David Campany, because uh, I feel like this is what we're speaking to a little bit. His quote was, "Is there a difference between what was and is no more and what could have been but never was? and And I found myself going to that quote about, you know, the tree in the forest,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: it It's really interesting what uh, opens up here in terms of, um, and it was really interesting to watch the three writers work with the work and where you each were brought is fascinating to me. And and somewhat, I mean, if you really think about it, um, philosophical, some theoretical, some personal, it was just such a weaving. Um, So yeah, did you, um, when, i'm curious because <clears throat> obviously there's all these layers and intersections when you were choosing to ask people and explore with people who would write did did you ha- to have an expectation like of what like i guess i'm trying to I'm not really being clear about it, but it's because it could be chicken or egg. Are you like, oh, I wonder what Susan would do with this work or how, you know, a lens that you know of that person or like we're back into that um, expectation, non-expectation, right? Of like, did you have an expectation of what some of these things, like, you know, think about the ripples. There's so many and we're trying to catch them. And Mm -hmm. it's like, did you have any idea of that? Or did that all just come back?
1: I felt like that was just miraculous. On my end, I just felt like it was just miraculous how it turned out. But I don't know, Adette, I think,
2: yeah, we we made a, a wish list
0: mm-hmm.
2: of the people we thought we loved their writing. We would love for them to write about this work. Mm-hmm. And I I remember having a paralyzing moment, sitting exactly where I am now, thinking. Oh my goodness! You know, abstraction in photography—it makes things less real, but maybe more emotionally quantifiable. And who's going to want to write about that? And well, Susan Bright is an amazing writer, and she loves to swim in the water. And <laughs> you know, she would be fantastic. And they were like, oh, we'll, we'll be, we need something that's Rauschenbergian and something that you know, someone could get their head. Re- David, David would be good for the Rauschenbergs, Okay. And if- then I just finished reading *Lacuna Park* by um, uh-huh. by Nicholas like Nana, nice. and I've read it four times since then, I from start to finish. And there's a couple of essays I've read way more than that because um, his writing <clears throat> does something to my inwards that I probably can't talk about on screen. But I love I love how childlike it is, uh-huh. but how. Um, and how it, it's filtered and unchildlike, but with this extreme intelligence. And so Jennifer and I went, okay, these three, these three, but they have to say yes, because we're going to be traumatized if we have to go <laughs> past this. Yeah. And, and very gratefully and generously each said yes, which was amazing. Cause I just, I kept coming back, abstraction, really? Photography and abstraction, no.
1: Don't. And then I remember you had a crisis moment where you were like, David's going to hate photograms. Like, you're just like and we, and we were like, well, let's see what happens. And then it just came back. And there was a whole, like, that whole phase was really interesting. And there, them being so different was just so miraculous. And it also felt a lot like the process of the whole book, which mm-hmm. was, you know, once you put it in their hands, it's completely uncontrollable. You have no idea what's going to come back. And so there's that whole, whole process of then sort of reading the work through their eyes and which was mm. just amazing. And yeah, again, a whole nother level of, of collaboration, along with working with Radius and David and um and working through sort of sequence and the format and you know all the little details like the, the back pouch, the slash of the back mm, pouch, mm. echoing the slash of the titling and just all those sorts of things. They're all sort of these miraculous um you know again thousands of decisions exactly Um, I mean I thought
3: about it's really interesting for a writer to hear why you've been chosen because you've never you never get (laughs) privy to that information so it's really interesting but I I I do remember Adette kind of did give me some guidelines which I totally ignored um I I do remember and I also remember and and I it's worth mentioning because it we've talked about being women doing this project. My first question was, how much are the the boys getting paid? (laughs) And I want the same amount. And I think it's really important to to say as a writer, I never thought that that would have to be one of my first questions, but it always is. Um, So, uh, and thank you for paying me the same.
1: (laughs) yeah I and remember thank you. writing that's, to you and saying this is how much David's getting paid so <laughs> you that, "Okay, it was good. Like, yeah it was yeah perfect that was a moment
0: wow those yeah super important question super important upfront question uh and uh yeah excellent mm-hmm. that's so good to hear and to think about um how you're getting the perspective that's what I was trying to understand like it's it was such a journey with each of the writings. It was really wonderful. And that's why it was that uncontrollable, serendipitous, you said miraculous, that that all just echoed, really, really fascinated me. Um, I was thinking, I'm going through these because I am just giving a flavor of what some of the work is. Um, we have and I names
2: wa- for some of them too. Like I know well, they're all I, titled, oh. which is...
0: Mm-hmm. you know oh, another cool.
2: thing in and of itself but yeah like <laughs> Jennifer and I would walk around them going that's you know the cow image no 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 the other one the one that looks like the explosion oh no the other explosion the one where it's like
1: sci-fi <laughs> yeah the, way, oh, the one that's like a gamer oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Well, we had these funny times. You exactly what I was like. like I know that to... I know exactly the boys who will like this one, but <laughs> it, like, it looks like Star, you know, Star Wars or something. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that's so fun. Well, I was going to ask, and you alluded to it, Jennifer. That uh, the whole idea of then walking into the collaboration with Radius and all those decisions, and because I think of them like there's nothing superfluous in this book. Like, and I've read every text more than once, and I don't know how many times I've looked through it at. The this point, but I think about all those choices, right? This idea that in, in your little booklet, which is the um, smallest piece of the package, you end up writing, talk about punctuation, Susan, they just use slashes, (laughs) boom, slash, boom, slash. It's like, that's how I think. I loved it. It was written like that. And, and of course there's no black, all the text is these beautiful grays, the end papers grays, and then talk about mushroom. It is that gray brown like color too. And so all of those are choices. I mean, Jennifer, you mentioned the slash um, in the back of the book holding the essays being like the slash in the title. Like that's the kind of layered conceptual uh, genius and magic that I think happens when you collaborate, because you get all those perspectives from all those people thinking differently about something very specific. I mean, are you kidding? Thinking about your, your, your font.
1: Yeah. And the thread. <laughs> Big decision. You know, yes. Like thread. revere orange thread, you know. I love the orange.
0: I actually noted it and it's like, they're sitting right here and it's just, it's <laughs> so beautiful. It's and, beautiful. And, and yeah, Yeah. And even when you're reading this, because I was trying to lay it flat to photograph your your process book. And um, yeah, all those details, not lost on your viewers, but really hard. And that's what I think collaboratively is is so exciting that you meshed in ownership, right? And uh, David talks about provenance, right? And it's this whole idea of like, again, uncontrollable, you know, Rauschenberg obviously has a hand in it, you know, yeah. from afar, right? Like, yeah, very. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, we're, we're very thankful because yeah, very thankful to Bob. But I also think that one of the things we mentioned to each other is that we're sort of free to love it in ways that we've never loved our own, you know, work that we do on our own, mm-hmm. um, partially because of all these collaborative aspects. And um, I've never loved work more because it's not mm. just mine. And I think that there's, you know, something profoundly um, human and humane, I don't know, something that we can really think about there because, um, you know, I think so much of the art world does end up living in this space of ownership of my own or my vision or this, this sort of genius narrative. And this is the opposite of that. And that's, I think, very much also in the spirit of Rauschenberg's, you know, sort of, you know in a different time breakage of all of that. And, um mm-hmm how the joy of it you know yes yeah. yeah and there was no there was
2: there was no pressure for us to make either i mean that's mm-hmm. one of the we we entered the project not or even the collaboration not saying we must achieve any one thing we don't have to achieve anything, or anything. <laughs> yeah. like our achievement could just be spending time in the same place together and swapping stories and enjoying conversation and that would be perfectly
1: lovely and that's that place you know they say like we don't we don't want you to feel like you have to produce at all there's no expectations of anything so oddly enough you know that's where we end up producing
0: (laughs) well isn't it interesting though because this point that you're bringing up has so much to do with again layers that we should be thinking about in terms of ownership, but in terms of what is it when it's our voice? What about this idea of almost a sense of responsibility? Um, then you get into this sense of control. Um, it's really interesting, right? When you unpack that and you let that go, and that seems like, you know, again, I I lean into this the the it's interesting because I want to say the femininity. I don't, I don't want to gender because I think it's a non-gender thing, but it, it's that freedom space that we're talking about that you're saying and pointed out. Rauschenberg was in there. And what I'm talking about is this idea of why can't we give ourselves that untetheredness? Why, why do we need permission, right? Like, well, and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, a question we've had a lot of um, since
2: making the work and publishing the book is, well, didn't you fight? Like, no, really, (laughs) wasn't there? No, come on, tell us, you can tell us. There must have been an argument between the two of you, or you must have had a fight with one of the writers, or something went wrong with the public. Like, there has to be something. You can't can't collaborate with another artist and not have some
1: level of trauma.
2: Well, Power, great right? Power
1: struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even think we had a disagreement. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even think there was. Yeah, that's what I mean by that weird, like volleyballing of of, of decision making. It was like, you know, it took less than a second for me to go from absolutely not to she said yes, and then she's like yes. I think because of this, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. And like, it just, you know, it was like very, sw- very swift uh, switching, which I think is, you know, to, to sometimes like the direct opposite response. And I think that um, that was, you know, that was powerful because we rarely do that in our daily lives. Um, yeah. You
0: know, what? it's funny as I was writing and thinking about it and this idea that you really give us this whole experience uh, sorry for the, uh, the, the shades of gray, <laughs> but it's like this idea that, that, that black and white are extremes
1: and mm-hmm. those
0: are so limited and there's such endless possibility in the middle. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you are talking like, like, yes, no, like this is crap. It's going in the, in the, in the trash and you're pulling it out and it's the cover of the book. Like it's that kind of really amazing relay, but mm-hmm but you know and yet
1: you have to make decisions so we know we're yeah. gray but you have to make a decision which is essentially going to be a yes or a no one way or another and so that's i think what you know the the amount of other things that might have happened um, Yeah. The process is is sort of extreme you know because but of just, that just on a
2: practical level working yeah. with someone else gives you i mean you have a friend yeah. you have a peer you have someone to challenge you You have someone to pick up the slack when you're busy. You can play to your strengths in a way that you can actually hide away all your nasty flaws for a while because you can just play up your strengths and the other person who has not all of those nasty flaws can play up their strengths. Like it's it's so much more workable as an artist in a way that I had not appreciated collaboration Uh could be when one of us was truly busy or truly concerned about something, the other one could take the lead. And it what you know even as I say that phrase out loud, it's like, no, no, none neither of us at any point was taking the lead. We were we were just helping the, the other person along.
1: Yeah. And the project
2: easy. along and the process along.
1: You know. We were just moving forward. However that It's like, I I don't think ever I felt like, oh, I'm I'm picking up the slack of it. Never once. And I think the other thing is, the other thing that really helped us was, I think we both have an extraordinary work ethic and then the -hmm. respect and sort of um, trust in each other's abilities, vision, work ethic, sort of all of it that, and that's huge because I have tried, and I think this is one of the horror stories of collaboration is that um, I ha- And I have tried moments of collaboration where sometimes the commitment is just not the same or um, mm-hmm. people are just, you know, and so one person, you know, ends up feeling like they picked up the whole thing, but they're still in a collaborative system. And so I think that just never, ever entered our, our process. Um, I, I think that there was just this very natural sense of like, okay, you got that? Yeah. Okay. You got that, you know, mm-hmm. sort of back and forth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm yeah and
3: can I, ask, I think, can I ask a question about yes. it it's like when you're um <laughs> you, you know you followed the process you followed the magic and you you did this I like this phrase you said you know you were thinking through making so when you received the essays did you learn about the work through what the other people had written and mm. if, yes what yes. what was that because I get that all the time. I I curate a show and I do, I work very intuitively. And then it's only when I sort of read all the reviews and the kind of peer journals I go, oh, that's what I was doing. Um there was so I was hard. just wondered what you learned about the work through through the, the three other people writing.
1: Honestly, I could spend an hour on that, but uh <laughs> easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Easy. I think there were so many ways that you approached your essay that um it hadn't occurred to me. Just the ways in which you you started on, like that, how you basically build the essay is both this and that at the same time, and um, and that took me on a, you know, on a road. Um, the physicality. It's not like I didn't I didn't know it. Of course, I lived it, but I hadn't thought of it the way that you were thinking. And so, no, I mean, I think it's 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 really incredible to be able to enter someone else's mind. And their approach to your work. The same thing is is hearing you, your introduction. I was like, I want to read this again, you know, because it's a completely different, it's a completely different like person filled with all their experiences and understandings and everything they bring to it, interpreting the same thing, which I think was the glorious part of Odette's book, Keeper of the Hearth, was this just amazing sort of,, uh, <laughs> diversity of response mm-hmm. to a single thing so it's such a huge privilege um to 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 get that and I feel like I, I learned a great deal on um through the whole process so mm. I don't know if Odette has specifics but I just...
2: yeah I one thing specific to your essay Susan is that I learned that I will never fully know or understand anything I put my hands to in terms of making Mm -hmm. and that I don't Mm -hmm. need to. Mm -hmm. The the way I read it was like there was a, it was like a pressure off that I don't have to, Mm -hmm. because Mm. I can think of it as being this act of like freestyling my way through (laughs) chemistry, through process, through all of these things. And I don't have to know the intricacies of every stroke because that's not the most important thing that I am bringing to anything that I touch when I am creating, whether it's by myself or with someone else. Uh, And I think it's because the generosity of your vocabulary is so open to – to allow someone as a maker to think that way. It was very different to David's, like there was a word in David's essay, which we've talked to David about, that I, re- I one word I might add, that I really struggled with because my interpretation of it was so different. Um, and, you know, the same for Nicholas's essay, which didn't talk about the work really at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so each of them provided a kind of insight to me as someone who also writes not well but who also writes um gave great pause for thought about why I feel like I have to really understand everything like which I don't like there is great beauty and wisdom in not knowing
0: Mm -hmm. that is just I'm thank you thank you for asking that question Susan and then both of you giving those answers because that is so exciting Uh, that like again this call and response but we're hearing from you Odette that your process frankly will be forever changed your your sense of moving through without having to um dot every I, et cetera, is, is it just got more expansive. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is it was, it was a collaborative process, right? You're already doing that, but Susan's words really held <laughs> up the mirror that help you see and articulate this one way and then realize like there's more ways, right? And it's just, right. it's all expanse, expanse. Well, well it's, yeah. i think it, days,
2: Susan, like, susan's mirror process. lives right next to me yeah. all the time like that should be a book <laughs> in and of itself susan's mirror like that's a beautiful phrase I
1: do you think it's, uh, it, it was this seminal moment for like it completely changed my relationship to work as well um the whole experience of it so mm. and i think that that's at, at their absolute best, that's what residencies try to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been on a lot of residencies and that's that that doesn't normally happen. So I do think that the magic of um, this particular residency, this particular collaboration, all of these voices, how it came together in a book and all of those voices was uh, just massively, like it was a huge shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think just embracing something that's so different from your, normal daily process of course how can it not influence everything
0: well and also this is it um like when i'm working with my concept aware way of looking at things that reflection doesn't often happen. That articulation—just what you witness between what Odette did because of Susan's words—that then moves Odette somewhere. Um, I go back and I give this example. I've given this example before. I was being introduced um, to give a lecture, and someone said, sabilla has been thinking about creativity her whole life," and I literally felt like someone threw water on me. I was mm. like, "Why didn't I think of that? Like, it is the most basic." Simple, like, yeah. right. It is what I do, but I'd never put it in that simple language. Talk about simplicity. It, it was so empowering. It's like, damn, you're right. I have been thinking about this, but I didn't see myself there. So well, love-
1: simplicity, it's like, it, they, they gave it to you in a very simple, almost like mantra like way. And it makes it so much easier to sort of hold and contend with. Yep. And I, I, I do think that that's the, sort of miraculousness of, of collaboration in general. It reminds me of linguistics, you know, mm-hmm. linguistics changes and shifts when you're around different people. And, you know, the accent switches just a little bit, and it can be very subtle, or it could be a word that you pick up. And, and I think that, you know, existing with people in a you know close space and collaborating with them is like that. You sort of develop, eventually, that becomes its own language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super super. You're making me think of so many things but I'll try to reel in and just focus on this last page of this process book and this really spoke to me, right? It, that you you made decisions to include this, you made decisions to photograph. So, can you just talk about that cuz I thought it was it was so funny because it's the very, you know, other than showing us the box from where you got the material, it is again, the very last thing. And I'm like, damn, if you don't like give me all this to think about on the last page, right? Like, how did you get here? How did you think, this was purposeful on some level
1: oh it was absolutely purposeful I think so
0: how or why or tell us about how that happened
1: I I think the darkroom tray and that sort of blackness when when we sort of were photographing these images in this in the process Mm. oftentimes it was quite frantic and you know just oh get some pictures of what we're doing real quick you know and then um photographing the pool at night well that was a main uh that was oftentimes our drop-off, right? Um, we would drop off a lot. Certainly at the beginning, we were only leaving them overnight. And then we and then after a while, we started bringing them into the days as well. So at the time that we made the pictures, I think um, it was just part of the process of documenting what we were doing as much as we possibly could while working. But when we were looking back at them, I just thought, that, you know, I think that I was in love with this echo, right? Of mm. um, these, Pools, you know, as as we might think of them, and and the way that they interacted as photos was kind of amazing.
0: Totally, I mean, it to me it was genius, and it was like it spoke to everything, right? It spoke to ways of seeing. It spoke to seeing things that are there that are not there. Yes, they're pools, but it talked about abstraction. Neither of your names are on either of these. I knew that it. there was purposeful taking, making, and then putting together. So I don't know. It really was for me like a real poof of a um, lot to think about in a small space. Um, and it kind of another one of those echoes that what I really love is you, you can articulate them all. When I was trying to... Um, conceptualize my thoughts about it, uh, the image that came to me was the water cycle, right? And this idea of it going through condensation and gathering and, you know, it's it's fog, it's cloud, it's rain, it's snow, it goes back, right? And I almost feel like what you guys did for me, it, the, the, the visual is like, you're the, the droplets that come off of the water, like the condensation coming up and it's like, oop, there goes one, oop, there goes one. And that's what I, that's why I was like, how do you even capture them? And the fact of the matter is, I guess we're all learning, you don't, but it's great fun to get in there and try and to, to know, it's like the effervescence of it, right? And to actually relax into the fact that it's going to go through a cycle, whether we're in control of it or not.
3: The first paragraph that I wrote for for the essay, these pictures through their pacing in book form and by what they admit and what they include when viewed individually seem to be in slow motion, but can photographs move or appear to be underwater? Is that even possible? That description seems to not quite make sense, but nor really do the pictures. There seems to be an elastic back and forth between realism and hallucination that I can't quite shake when I look at them. And with that, a mad cynicity and energy where past and future seem to jumble together and boundaries dissolve. They are one thing while simultaneously being another. Hmm. So yeah, I was just, yeah, they're, they're all those things. And then the essay just attempts to try and unpack uh those at the end and then by the end the fact that they are kind of un- underwater and the fact that they are in slow motion mm-hmm. they are exactly those things because they're not fixed mm-hmm. they are actually photographs being undone and mm-hmm. they are in slow motion
1: mm-hmm.
3: so i did feel quite clever when i got <laughs> i got <to> the end <laughs>
0: i did know what i was writing about <laughs>
3: But I didn't. I mean, and I have to be really <laughs> clear. I really didn't know what I was writing about, and it was absolutely a kind of uh, as I was writing. We go through that
1: journey with you, though, in the essay. And that's exactly. So yeah, yeah, and it was very much
3: echoed the process of uh, both Adet and um, Jennifer, and where they might have felt very enlightened and uh, liberated by that process. I kind of felt the the opposite and I was like, you know, I'm done. Um and and it really did, you know, along with that I mentioned these other essays that I wrote, I kind of felt like it was, it was a finish it, you know, it was the process led definitely led me somewhere, um, mm. which is not how I've ever felt before when writing. So like I said, it really is a kind of very uh an essay that's very close to my heart.
0: I keep getting this image of um, like going down a river in a tube. Like all of us, like it would be—it's a hysterical thought, but it's like what it feels like, right? Just bobbing along.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: I saw a synchronicity, I just am gonna say because it cracked me up when I thought about how parsimonious the choices were in the book, especially about text. And then that you're you're asking Nicholas, who is all about text and image, um, to weigh in. But your titles for your essays are literally, couldn't be shorter, three mm-hmm. words, two words. It's three, it's four words, three words, two words. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And they all get to something so different. The interesting thing about lay flat and then depths, right? This idea of, um, you know, the depths are really sort of, Susan really talks about the depths and, and then, um, you know, and then he talks about, and then Nicholas talks about the surface, right? And this idea of like um, floating along the surface and what flatness is and, and, and all of that. So it's really great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just on the process book that I don't know if, um, Odette has a memory of this, but I remember having this discussion with Odette and she was, you know, so adamant. She was like, if we're going to have it, it's got to be, it has to add something and it has to be, you know, this." and it was like, no, it has to have full content, but not a lot. And then this is like, and so finding sort of what what that would be after having collected quite a like a lot of, of sort of process and ideas and images and thoughts and everything and sort of to parse that down. So that was a big... Um, moment too. I don't know what your response is to that, Odette the process It sounds goes. like I mean that sounds like me like yeah. <laughs> very practical.' Like, it's just like
2: <laughs> it's gotta have a it's gotta have a purpose. I think it I you know I keep these a few phrases sort of circling my head, which is one about making sense and the fact that I I struggle with that a lot. like not everything has to make sense <laughs> and there and not an an undoneness um to sort of extrapolate, expand, and butcher Susan's beautiful term, um, the undoneness of this. work We knew we were done. Like I, I never have that feeling in my my own work of knowing when something's done. And I get asked that a lot as a teacher mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as well. How do you know when it's finished? How do you know when it's done? Well, we knew. Yeah. I got on a plane and we left. Like it, <laughs> it was done.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't <laughs> get to be made anywhere else. That's it. This is, that was it. There was a period. Whether we liked mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. Right.
2: But then the undoneness came in in then working together to figure out what was the work and what wasn't. And even before that, is it work? Is it, is it finished yeah. work? Is it work that deserves and sh- should exist in the world? And if so, why? There were these very basic fundamental questions about the work. Mm-hmm. that Jennifer and I came to with very different perspectives having let it sit for a while but it was the same in thinking about the words to go around the work and what we wanted I'm so glad Susan you ignored all my rubbish notes um
1: because <laughs> they were terrible I'm so directive um <laughs> but you're very, you're very practical and direct and I'm like this wishy-washy and it's so funny because but that's the work <laughs> that's Jennifer the work. like our work that's is why... like that it's wishy-washy it's... And direct. it's so great <laughs>
0: And that's how come Susan knew to describe that. She was like, I'm sure she's getting it in stereo, going, Oh my God, they're coming from such different places.
1: Yeah. That's great. I can't make a decision to save my life. And she was like, phone boom, boom. <laughs> great. It's great. But I think that's really
3: inherent in the work. I mean, it's it's there. You can see it. You know, it's yeah. You know, again, it's it, it's that push and pull. You know, it's it's really crucial crucial to to viewing it and understanding it. Yeah, yeah. I it's have just, a quick it's... question. Oh, um, excellent. Uh, that which do you prefer, the book or the prints? Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to take one.
1: It, now, really? yeah, it can't be black prince. and white. I think. I think, well, I, I, we just had the most amazing experience of seeing the mm. prints like all up in a big gallery space in a beautiful, like brutal yeah. museum. So that experience was sort of extraordinary but I don't think they're the same thing. And I think this is what I talked to you about when, we, when the essay thing happens. I think that they've always lived as both a collective and separate. You know, they were, they were made sometimes together, brothers and sisters, You know, they came out of the same batch sometimes. And then they were, you know, separated, orphaned, moved apart. And then they were stacked together for ages. And so I do think that, you know, the book is is a completely different experience. I don't think they can be comparable. And I think that's an amazing thing, that work gets to exist utterly differently. Um, If my house is burning down, I'm
2: saving the prince, Susan. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But that's (laughs) one... Book lives anyway. So yeah, I'll save the prince, all right But they no, I totally agree. I mean, they are very different things. I think we each have we each picked out three that we liked. Of course, we had no trouble picking because the things the ones we like are very different between us.
1: Opposites. <laughs> I was like, but, you want I want great
2: have it. <laughs> yeah, like George. We'll um but one of mine I I fold I fold it up into a little book. It's like a little very bad origami looking thing that I love more than anything. And I, I actually I carry it around with me. And it's all creased. That.
3: And, yeah. No, it's all creased
2: and <laughs> decrepit. And I just I I adore it. And my it's it's got I, I think possibly part of a shopping list on the back of one part of it. And it's it's the most beautiful, simple, tragic, sad little thing, along with one of my other handmade books um that I have and I love because it's it's on it's on my person almost all not right now um almost all the time um Mm. so probably not even that maybe just that maybe just that one folded one Mm.
0: Mm. I can't help but think of it as like an amulet to hold what you learned from Mm. this process you know how like people give you rocks or crystals or something you know it it it, it's the essence yeah Mm. that's that is amazing and okay I love that question too Susan and and it's like okay I think everyone needs to answer like print book print book but when I think of the print and I I think of uh of an installation of the prints it will for me my projection is it would feel like a pool it'd feel like I'm in a pool
3: Mm.
0: I don't know hard to choose what do you think Susan
3: never seen the prints
0: that infer the book but or just
3: you can't decide you don't know yeah can't make a decision
0: Mm.
3: an informed one Mm -hmm. but Mm. I feel that if I did see the prints I wouldn't want to see them behind glass I think I want to see them tacked up on a wall Mm -hmm. yes they're very they're
2: they're, they're very nice just on their own and with all their little clip marks and you know when Mm -hmm. I was color proofing them it was, yeah, it, it was very nice just to go, hello, you, and hello. Like, <laughs> without well, them I'll being too Yeah, i oh, sorry.
0: Go ahead. Sorry, what? Well, I'm just thinking that's so yeah, funny. Yeah, it's sorry. welcoming, the mark making, welcoming, where it's like, you know, in another print, wouldn't you be going to like take away a dust mark or blah, blah, blah. You're going in the opposite direction. Of the imperfections yeah. being so integral and accepted.
1: There was, m-
2: there was many an hour where I would look at the color and go, that color is dreadful, but it is actually the color. And it looks like something very different in the work itself than it does on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the practical nature of, of translating a photograph to a, to a, into a book form. Um, mm-hmm. But they have their own personalities. Like I speak to them like they are, somewhat human and bodily, which to me, they are. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I think like that, that the that other, thing.
1: the, the things that I hated, like, you know, I hated the fact that there were these rust marks, but that that's uh, that's very much a, a, a signature from this space that we were working in, which was this dark room in the tropics, you know, basically. And everything is rusted. So if you have dark room crypts, they're gonna put rust marks on there. And, you know, it sort of everything had, um, that sort of roughness and you know it's the same going back to the crystallized chemistry that had been sitting there for everything it's this rusty sort of coffee grounds (laughs) developer and sort of all of that which are things that normally yeah I would be absolutely getting rid of (laughs) anyway I in any way I could Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean we even had rips and and things right we were yeah we had ones that stuck together and we ripped them out and and later on realize like oh they're stuck together these are some doubles you know so yeah
0: breaking all the rules so good do we have any other last questions I feel like we should reconvene when it's just like what you did put it away and then come back and we'll have more when everyone's been able to to sit with it so fun I have to say that I um, I really enjoyed the laughing that we have had. This process today has been joyful. So thank you for that.
2: Well, thank you for the invitation to
1: speak yeah, and to
0: Jennifer and Susan. Um, thank
2: you,
1: Susan, for coming. And everyone who
0: came along. I love, um, I pulled something that um, I didn't have time to go back and check. Um, well, there's two things. One is that when I was looking into Rauschenberg, um, learning about this work that is no longer in existence, but where he had collected imprints of students' feet going through a doorway. I loved that concept. So that was really fun to, um, to dig yeah. out. But something came and I feel like it um, was in David's um, essay that it made me think of this. And I don't know if it's a quote or not, but it was makers of significance. And that just really Mm. stuck. And um, I think uh, all three of you are makers of significance. And I think one of the things to take away too, I love that um, uh, Nicholas had said, not content, but gesture, less Mm. image than mark. And I think one of the things you're saying, just what you described, Jennifer, whatever touches leaves a mark and you are capturing all the touching. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do, right? So yeah. very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your your work and uh, your collaboration and the thoughts and the time. Thank you.
3: Thanks oh, very much.
0: God. Likewise. Thank you so much.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining our conversation. We love your feedback and hope you will rate and review this podcast. Our episode notes detail our content with hyperlinks to resources. Accompanying visuals and an archive of more than 50 of our podcasts, plus our artist talks, are available on my website, jsybillasmith.com. Find them under the In Conversation tab on my navigation. You will find further information about my services under Offerings on my website. I look forward to working with you.